Some people collect stamps, precious stones, or artifacts from another time. Me, I collect stories. I love stories that come out of conversation because they hold so many things all at once. Memories, emotions, lessons, new perspectives, comic relief, and so much more. They have the power to move us, to open our hearts, to connect us, to heal us. Stories offer a window into another person's universe, and I get to see what it's like to experience life from their eyes. They are an invitation to celebrate what makes us unique and what makes us the same. But most of all, I love how stories bring us together. How they harmonize us. How they remind me that each one of us is an essential voice in one glorious symphony. Welcome, my friends, to the harmony of stories. Good rising, everybody. Today is Sunday, the seventh of May. 2023. Today's episode will be different. It'll be shorter than usual. I won't be sharing a conversation with a guest. Instead, I would like to read to you something that I wrote several weeks ago, and I would also like to read a story from a book that my soul sister Calibri gave to my children. And finally, I will share with you a story read by my friend Andrew. So let's begin with my little essay. <laughs> It's called "Releasing Judgment and Prejudice." As I prepare myself mentally and emotionally for going out again into the big, wide world and meeting people. And experiences from all walks of life, I have been thinking a lot about judgment and how we can all exist peacefully, despite our variety of differences. It is my current lesson, exploration, or project, if you will. I am working on catching myself or observing myself, judging both myself. My thoughts, my emotions, my behavior, and others, and then getting curious as to why I have made those judgments. We are all brothers and sisters here, all children of God, all fractals of Source. But there is a lot of cultural and societal programming and conditioning that keep us divided, and I wish to unlearn all of it. And then there is also the perspective that I am you, and you are me. We are all one. So if we take the mirrors concept, all judgment is self-judgment. It usually helps me to go within, as with any triggers. The more I learn about myself, the easier it is for me to be accepting of others. My vision is to have peace on earth. This has been a vision close to my heart since my childhood. 
I wrote this micro to macro intention piece for myself. You might find it helpful too, so I thought I'd share. How can there be peace within myself, within my own being, when I judge or cast away any aspect of myself as bad, shameful, or unworthy of love, attention, and compassion? How can there be peace within my family when I judge or cast away any aspect of my husband and children as bad, shameful, or unworthy of love, attention, and compassion? How can there be peace on earth when I judge or cast away any aspect of my external world because I judge them to be bad, shameful, or unworthy of love, attention, and compassion. I lay down my weapons, my shields. I do not need any more wars within myself, within my family, or within the world at large. It all starts from within. Energy is born in the center, and then it ripples out. Be gentle with yourself. Sending you love today. I am reminded of a quote by Mother Teresa. My sister posted a, a picture of this quote. I think she saw it um, in Texas somewhere. And the quote is, If you judge people, you have no time to love them. So the next thing I would like to share with you is a story from the book The Star Catchers. Stories for you to read to your child to encourage calm, confidence, and creativity. The authors are Anne Sivardi, Joyce Dunbar, Kate Petty, and Karen Wallace. And the book is introduced by David Fontana. So it's a collection of stories. And the one I would like to read to you today that is also on the topic of Judgment is called an alligator's good friends. Close your eyes and imagine you're standing by a swamp, surrounded by tall, spiky grass. The air is hot and steamy, which makes your clothes so damp that they cling to your skin. As he stands sweltering in the heat, you spot something that looks like a big green plate wobbling in the water in front of you. What can it be? Let's see if you can find out. Pick up your magic lantern and walk down the enchanted path. Where will it lead you tonight? You weave your way through the grass until you reach the fringes of the swamp. The water here has an earthy smell, almost like mud. Now that you're closer, you realize that the wobbly green plate is a big lily pad. But still you wonder what's making it move. Then you see the shiny green back of a turtle slide off it and plop into the water. You watch a little frog leap from one leaf to the next. A snail crawls lazily up to meet him, while a dragonfly with glittering, silvery wings glides back and forth above their heads. 
Suddenly, something stirs in the swamp, and you notice two golden eyes that seem to float above the water. Then you see a long, bumpy snout, and a mouth full of razor-sharp teeth. It's an alligator. You watch, a little afraid, as the alligator swims close to the shore. A long-legged heron wades into the water, keeping a watchful eye on the reptile. Just then, the alligator opens his huge mouth, and two little birds jump inside. All at once, they begin to peck at the alligator's sharp, pointy teeth. "Watch out, birds!" you cry, jumping up and down and clapping your hands. "The alligator will eat you!" The birds flutter nervously away at the loud noise. Now the heron sweeps up to you. "You shouldn't have done that," she says sternly. "Those little birds." Are the alligator's friends? They keep his teeth clean and healthy by eating pieces of leftover food. And because the alligator knows this, he'll never hurt them. Even though you were trying to help, you're upset and embarrassed. Now the little birds may go hungry, and the alligator will have dirty teeth. How can I make things better? You ask the heron, "If you stay quiet and still, the birds won't be scared, and they'll return." Replies the heron. Sure enough, the brave little birds soon hop back inside the alligator's mouth, and carry on pecking between the rows of his sharp teeth. Now you understand the friendship between the alligator and the birds, and you're delighted. A smile spreads across your face as you sit back and bask in the hot, steamy sunshine, just like the contented alligator. And in this book, after every story, there's a little section called affirmations. So these are the affirmations for the story. It's best not to interfere too much in other people's lives. Situations that appear to be wrong. Worrying or frightening to you often turn out to be quite all right. If at first you don't understand something, be patient. The answer will usually become clear with time. Try to understand a new situation before making up your mind what to do. Then you won't make the wrong decision. People, animals, and plants. Help each other in all sorts of ways. It's good to help others in any way you can too. Gosh, that last one actually makes me think of my podcast so far. If there's one thing that I would say about it, it's it's that people are beautiful. Everything is really, you know, relationships and just this whole. Existence that we're experiencing can be messy, right? It's a beautiful mess. <laughs> But yeah, there's there's beauty. I think sometimes it's just quick to we're quick to judge situations or people 
or events as good or bad. And when we're in that space, it's hard to see the bigger picture. And that's, that's something that I've been practicing. And that's something that I've been trying to be more intentional about, trying to zoom out, trying to find peace in whatever comes up for me in any turbulence. And that is way easier said than done. Believe me. <laughs> you know, the last couple of years, when we moved here to this place, there was so much trash. So much trash. There's trash in the house. There's trash in the barn, outside the barn, in the sheds, full of trash. That's not my trash. And so we set out to start cleaning it all up. And we rented two, not one, but two 20-foot dumpsters. There was a huge truck that came here to, to lay down these dumpsters, and <laughs> they were so big and heavy that it cracked the concrete on our, on our um, path, the concrete path that leads to the porch of our house. And we filled those two 20-foot dumpsters right to the top and overflowing, actually. And there's still trash. So much of it. And I think the thing that really struck me the most was there was trash in the forest. We live across uh, this hill. And at the bottom of the hill, there were layers of trash right outside the barn. I would clean it up and and then there's like a rug or a car piece of carpet at the bottom of the trash pile that i just cleaned up and so i peel away the carpet and there's more trash under there and it's been there for so long that plants are starting to grow around it and there's also compost that that's been made you know it's that the trash has been here for that long and I was like, wow, you know, the contrast of all these discarded plastic metal, I don't know, it was everything you can think of, really. Food wrappings, I don't know, bits of plastic from bottles and, can I don't know, cans and old blinds and just really a variety of things. But around me, it was so beautiful. You know, the, the scenery here is just gorgeous. Just being in, it feels like, you know, you're in the middle of, of all this comforting, like, hug from nature. Especially when the trees are still, you know, fully green and full. <laughs> Sorry for my limited vocabulary this morning. But yeah, just, it's such a beautiful place and I couldn't understand how people could leave so much trash in so much beauty and so much natural beauty but upon reflection of it now you know we all have <laughs> trash inside of us right everything is a reflection everything that we perceive outside of ourselves is a reflection of what is inside us especially if it triggers us and in hindsight now it's interesting to me to see how, you know, to see the parallels of how I cleaned up all that trash with as much patience as I could muster, even though it wasn't mine. 
but I guess it is because I bought it. I bought the place with all the trash, <laughs> me and my husband. And shortly after that, that's pretty much what I did within myself too. I slowly took out the trash in my mind and in my heart. I let go of things that no longer served me, stories that I used to tell myself that were simply not true or simply not me. And I really dove deep and examined my beliefs and perceptions and stories and programming, conditioning. I had a hard look at all of those things and I like to call it cosmic deconstruction or a deep excavation of my inner world. And it's the hardest thing I've ever done, to be honest, really facing myself. And so that's really kind of where I'm coming from with, with all this, with all my reflections on judgment. If you've listened to some of the episodes, the previous ones, you might have heard that six years ago I had a near-death experience. It was really very harrowing and very traumatic. And I've been sort of picking up the pieces since then. And when the dust started to settle after that happened, I had a question that I had hanging over my head. And I carried this question around everywhere I went. And the question was, why? Why am I still here? And it's been a journey. But I remember now why I'm here. There are many little reasons, but the overarching one is that I'm here to be, to be love. That's who I am. That's who we all are at our core. If you peel away all the layers of what this existence has put on us or what we've allowed to be put on us, that's what we are, essentially. We are love. And for me to be able to embody that and just be that as much as I can is the greatest gift that I can give to myself and to everyone around me because I believe that it will remind everyone else that love is what they are too. There's a podcast episode that I would invite you to listen to. It's one of the most important interviews I've heard in my life and I resonate with it so deeply. I'll put a link to it in the show notes, but it is a an interview by Alex Zach with Vinnie Tolman. Vinnie Tolman is a man who in the near death experience community is referred to as a body bagger because he actually had an after death experience. He actually was pronounced dead and he came back and in this interview with Alex Zach, he shares what he remembers. The podcast episode is called Life on the Other Side, and it is just breathtaking, this episode. And one of the things, I guess, that I... Well, not I guess. One of the things that I am exploring, one of the things that I'm passionate about, is unconditional love. I truly believe that we are loved unconditionally, by God or the universe, the source of all things. That is the base of everything. And it's, I get that it's hard to wrap ourselves around that idea sometimes, even though we know deep down 
inside that that's what we're made of and that we are capable of loving unconditionally. And Vinnie Tolman speaks to that. And he also speaks a bit about judgment and prejudice. So if you, if you feel called to listen to that, I would highly recommend it. I had the opportunity to have a session with Vinny. And he, he came back to Earth with abilities. You know, he's more intuitive. And he did um, what is called an emotion codes session with me in which he helped me to, well, he was able to identify what emotions were stuck in my body and which parts of my body they were stuck in. He said I had issues with my stomach and my spleen and my kidneys and my bladder and and my lungs and on and on really and and he could tell me what which emotions were stuck in these places and the goal of our session was to remove those stuck emotions because they're getting in the way of me feeling joy and happiness he said that i don't allow myself to be happy which, you know, that hit me because I know that and I've been working on that. <laughs> but yeah, to hear it from someone else is, is different. So yeah, we did this session and he, he, we worked on removing those stuck emotions. He said that most of them I have carried in my body for all of my life, for many, many years except the ones that were in my lungs. That that was more recent when it was put in there, and he said that was during the COVID era when you went down the fear path. And I thought that was, that was interesting because a lot of people had lung problems and breathing problems. And I think what a lot of people don't realize me included, this is something that I'm, I've been learning recently, is that our emotions are not separate to us. You know, they really have an effect on our physical health, especially when they're stuck and we don't allow ourselves to feel them. And I'll give you an example, actually. This is a bit of a vulnerable share, so... Bear with me, I'll gather up the courage. So when I almost died six years ago, it was when my daughter was born and I had a, a life-threatening hemorrhage and I lost 11 liters of blood and the only way they could stop the bleeding is to take my uterus out and they stitched me back up and I was still bleeding and so they went back in there they got a, a really good surgeon to come and do it uh, they had to take my cervix out too and I've processed a lot of, of grief from that and I really thought I've come a long way well I have but you know 
things surprise me <laughs> every now and again. Well, six years later, I finally had the courage to call the doctor who delivered my baby. And I couldn't get to him. I got the voicemail of his secretary. Not secretary, you know what I mean. His assistant, or I guess it's called secretary. I got her voicemail, and so I left two messages, and and I didn't know if if he would call me back. His name's Dr. Sybil. Beautiful person, truly. And he called me back a few days later. It was March 3 this year. And when I heard his voice, I just started to cry. It was very emotional, and I said, thank you so much for calling. I was just, I kept saying thank you, and he said, of course, you know, and he said, he was so kind. He said, I'll answer any question you like, any question you have, and we'll piece together what happened that day. You know, you'll tell me what you remember, I'll tell you what I remember. He said he never forgot about that day because he was very afraid for my life. And so I started to share a little bit. We spoke for a few minutes and then he said, I'm, I'm so sorry, but I'll need to call you back in about an hour because I've got an appointment to get to now. But I would really like to talk with you. And so we put the phone down and I was sitting on the sofa and I just burst out crying. And I was shaking. My whole body was shaking uncontrollably. I couldn't stop it. It was just doing its own thing. I was really shaking. And I could feel all this trauma from my cells just releasing and coming out of me. It was a pretty profound experience. My soul sister, Kalebri, she, she says the issues in the tissues. So yeah, we do hold these things. I've experienced it in, in that example that I just shared with you. And when we hold on to them for too long, we get sick. You know, I thought it was just the food that we eat and the toxins are in, in our environment, but a lot of it is really energetic. It's our emotions that we, that we were not able to process. And when we're not able to process them at the time of when something had happened, for many reasons, because we didn't have the capacity to, and our, you know, our body tries to protect us, I guess, and that creates dams in, in the river of the energetic flow that we are. And there's just all this stuckness and I don't know. I saw this, I heard this quote actually from a guy called Adam Roa, which it's not long. It's, it's a very short description of, of my journey with this, with my journey exploring my, my inner world and just making more space. So I'll read it to you. He said, We don't heal 
All that happens is that we actually relax our nervous systems enough to feel a little bit safer. And in that moment where the fear goes, love comes in and love expands. And in the expansion, it pushes out the things that need to be felt. And that's an act of self-love. To give yourself permission to feel the things that had been stored in there. So yeah, that's what I've been up to the last six years, if, <laughs> if you want to know. And it's really been very scary some of the time and exhilarating on others. And most of all, it's been very rewarding because, yeah, clearing space for more love. Like, who doesn't want that, right? That's all we, we want, really. And last week, especially during the eclipse season, it was very intense for me. A lot of things were ready to come to the surface for me to witness. And it was, it was hard. It was very difficult, very painful. But I was able to come out of it. <laughs> I'm still alive. <laughs> because I've been doing this for a while. I've made enough space. And I'm sure this is going to be an ongoing process, but I'm committed. I don't really know why or how. I just feel like intuitively I know that I must. We all have parts within ourselves that we'd rather not see. But from my experience, that's where the gold is. That's where the gold is. And my goal personally is to love myself unconditionally, all the different parts of myself, of myself, even the ones that I used to label as bad or still label as bad or shameful. I send love to those places, to, to those dark corners within myself because they are a part of me. And when we are able to really love ourselves, unconditionally, when we are able to hold ourselves in whatever we're in and whatever that arises. It's a really beautiful thing because what happens is you'll see that you're able to love people outside of yourself unconditionally too. Now I know I said I'd only read three stories or three things, but there's another one that I just thought of. It's my favorite poem on unconditional love. So let me go and find it. It's called Kissing Shadows by Christy Stein. I've met with your shadows and I don't mind them. We all learn to dance with devils somewhere along the way to heaven. You're not a fallen angel, but everything about you feels holy. Even the parts you cast away, I'll take it. I'll kiss the insecurities till you're naked. Your love could never hurt me. Not when you're the one I prayed for when I was young. Someone must have listened. Maybe I'll meet them one day. I see it as the trees wink at me. The universe knows something. They know I need your light. From sun to midnight. As we grow towards each other like flowers, finding their hands. 
don't fall over. I'll help you stand. Hush. I'm right here, simply ask. Our love can be slow, but my heart, my heart is fast. I adore her poetry. I'll put links on the show notes so you can listen to her other poems. Again, her name's Christy Stein. So I guess I'll finish up now. <laughs> and we will close with a story called The Chinese Farmer, read by my friend Andrew Walsh. This is the story of the Chinese farmer. A long time ago, a Chinese farmer lost his horse. His neighbors came by and said, Oh no, you lost your horse. That's terrible. The farmer shrugged his shoulders and said, Maybe. The next day, the horse came back and brought another horse with it. The neighbors saw he now had two horses and congratulated him. What good fortune, they said. The farmer shrugged his shoulders and said, Maybe. The next day, the farmer's son was trying to train his new horse, but ended up falling and breaking his leg. The neighbors heard the news and rushed over to say, Oh, how terrible! The farmer looked at them and said, Maybe. About a week later, the emperor of China declared war on a neighboring nation and enacted a draft of all able-bodied men. When the officials came to collect the farmer's son, they saw that he couldn't fight because of his broken leg. Many men died in that war, and his son could have been one of them. The neighbors once again came and said, How wonderful your son didn't have to go to war. To which he replied, Maybe. In life, we are so quick to label the things that happen to us as good or bad but we never really know how that event will affect our future. So if you're looking to bring an aspect of peace and acceptance into your life, instead of rolling that roller coaster of good and bad, give maybe a try. Thank you so much, Andrew. If you're listening to this, I, I really appreciate the time that you took to send me that recording. And I hope I'll get to meet up with you one day. Andrew is a coach. And at the moment, he's offering 30-minute coaching sessions for free. So I would definitely take advantage of that if you feel called to. I'll put a link to his Instagram page on the show notes. I really enjoy his content. He posts these bite-sized reels about self-love and self-reflection, introspection, and I'll let you find out when you check out his page. Now, I mentioned several times in this podcast my soul sister, Calibri. She is my best friend, so I hope that you would check out her podcast. It's called The Bird and the Bee. She's the bird, and Bee is her partner, and it's called love from the fringe well that's the tagline or the subtitle so i'll put a link to that in the show notes too i've learned a lot from her podcast it's really brilliant so if you are open-minded and open-hearted 
and you love to learn new things and try on different perspectives as I do, you will really enjoy that podcast. Song of the week. I can't choose. <laughs> so I'll do three. The first one is called A Beautiful Mess by Jason Mraz. It's one of my favorite songs by him. It's a love song, but, well, it's a love song. I don't need to say but. I think it's originally written to convey um, unconditional love in a romantic relationship between two people, but I really like to relate to it beyond that. I think it, it also applies to the love we have for ourselves, for our inner child, for the relationship we have to this life, to the earth, to this realm or this dimension of existence. We exist in a world of polarities, duality, and, you know, opposites serve one another. We can't truly know love if we don't know what the opposite feels like. And I can see that that's really why we came here to experience to experience this very unique um, dynamic or whatever word I'm trying to search for. But yeah, beautiful mess. It also reminds me of when I was picking up all that trash. <laughs> you know, the, the chorus of the song, the lyric goes, what a beautiful mess we're in. It's like picking up trash in dresses. The next song is called I Believe by Sam Garrett. Really beautiful song. I've had it on repeat too many times. And I hope I can learn it one day. And the last one is called Make Love. Again by Jason Mraz. It's part of his new-ish reggae album. And the lyrics are just excellent. I, I'm not a big fan of the reggae version. I prefer the acoustic version, so I'll share both of those. It's on YouTube, and it starts at 13 minutes and 8 seconds of this particular live that Jason Mraz did some time ago. But yeah, the lyrics, I believe, it starts, Put down the weapons that you use against yourself. You don't need them anymore. Lay down the weapons that you use against the world. We don't need another war. It might be the opposite. I think maybe it starts laid down and then later it's put down. But anyway, you get the gist. <laughs> and then he goes on to say, The worst crime is an inside job. So, yeah, exactly. So, um, I will actually put together a playlist finally this week. And I'll put that on Spotify. And you can listen to all the songs that I've mentioned so far throughout the last few weeks. Thank you so much for listening to the Harmony of Stories podcast. I would so love to hear from you, whether it's a simple hello, a question, or any feedback you may have. You can connect with me via Instagram or Telegram. You'll find links to my social media on my website, wildflower.cloud. You can also drop me an email at wildflower at hey.com. If you're enjoying the podcast and are getting a lot out of it, please spread the word and share it with your friends, your family, and anyone you come across. 
If you feel called to support the podcast, I invite you to check out the Support My Work page on my website. There you can send a donation or connect with honest businesses, which I am proud to be working with. These include Thrive Market, where I buy my organic or non-GMO pantry staples, Law for Mankind, where you can learn about natural law and how to be a sovereign man or woman in these times. Thrift Books, my favorite online secondhand bookstore. And last but not the least, ASEA, the only company in the world who offer products that contain cellular messengers, vital in protecting, rejuvenating, and restoring the cells in your body. ASEA has been really amazing for us. It helped our cat recover beautifully from a neurological issue that caused her to lose the ability to stand up or walk. She's totally fine now. She's thriving. It's really, I'm very <laughs> blown away. And when I shared the ASEA Renew Gel with my neighbor Chris, who had a very swollen leg, he texted me the next morning saying that the swelling had gone way down and that the pain is half what it was the night before. I use this for everything now, from cuts and scrapes to itchy bug bites. And there are a ton more ways that this technology has transformed the health of others. If you would like to learn more about ASEA, you can book a call with me via my website at wildflower.cloud book. I'd be more than happy to tell you all about it and answer any questions you may have. Alternatively, you can check out the Support My Work page on my website and scroll down until you find ASEA. I love you all so much. Have a wonderful day.